Hey everybody, it's Logic Bomb 82 from the Mature Minded Gamers. We are a group of adult gamers who have jobs and lives, but also several passions, including video gaming, board gaming, and much more. You can join us by visiting our website, MatureMindedGamers.com. Today we're bringing you our Star Trek podcast, where we cover the latest news and all things Star Trek. Hey everybody, it's Eric from the Mature Mighty Gamers. Today we're reviewing Episode 7 of Star Trek Picard Nepenthe. I have my normal bridge crew with me today, Will and Brad. Engage. Beam me up. Alright, so we start out with this episode and we get a scene back on Earth on at the Daystrom Institute. And we get O and Dr. Aggie having uh, their chat that we've seen a little bit of in... Uh, few episodes back where we knew that they had talked. We didn't really know what happened. Now we got the whole story. So it starts out pretty intense. What do you guys think of this? Did you guys slow-mo the uh, the Vulcan mind meld like I did? Did we what? The mind meld? Did you slow it down so you could see what the images were? Oh, actually, I did not have an opportunity to, but I wish I would have now that you mentioned it. Um, I definitely read Gerardi wrong at in the first couple of episodes. Like, I, um, I, de- I don't, th- this, like what she's doing now seems so far out of character and I've only known her for several, seven episodes. So, you know, there was, they showed a lot of what that interaction was, but, but whatever happened in that mind meld like that, I definitely want to know what that is because they showed her something that either they've got leverage on her or something that is bad or something like that because that's a like a 180 from where she was at the very beginning i'm i'm fully intrigued i'm fully engaged on that okay so what they showed her was the what happens if the synths take over but my question is if it hasn't happened how does a mind meld project like future events that's what i'm still curious about it's like obviously it hasn't happened. How how can that be projected to somebody else? I was wondering that too. How did O know about this and, and had these images? So if you slow it down, the very first image is O in one of those hoods that we've seen in a couple scenes, uh, flashes of the scene where you have those uh, group of like I think it was eight people around that big circle. So she must be one of them, maybe some kind of a, a cult or something. Well, I mean, we can say that she's that Vash, right? Uh, can we? Because we've heard a couple couple times reference that the Federation and Romans are working together. So maybe she's not directly. Maybe she's the Federation secret Section 31 or something. Well, but earlier they had said that the, the Zatvash had infiltrated Federation. But she's Vulcan. Well, but Vulcans and Vulcans and Romulans are very close. I mean, they're, they're essentially cousins. So it, it's... It's not out of character. It wouldn't be out of character for there to be some Vulcans who like relate to their cousins or to have not relate to, but like um, identify with some of their their ways of thought. At least that's my opinion. I, I, I'm thinking that she's a Vulcan Zatvash of some sort. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. Now that, now that you said it. I, I still say Section 31. I don't know what Section 31 is doing, though. They've never, I mean, we don't know enough about them, I guess, but what we've seen has never been like occult ritual stuff, like what that looks like to me. And maybe that's not it at all, but 
I, I don't know. I, I'm really curious what's going on there. Uh, we also see a, a quick scene of a Romulan with a disruptor blowing the brains out. And uh, planets exploding look like Earth, possibly a city getting blown up. It's hard to tell exactly what planet it was, but um, and that, that was really it. But apparently it was enough to scare uh, scare her to uh, chew up this very interesting tracking device. Have we ever seen seen anything like this before? I couldn't recall. Not not that I'm aware of. Only Section 31 would have technology like that. Right. No. Sure. Tall Shiar, come on now. <laughs> Probably even the Obsidian Order. They've all got something. Well, the Obsidian Order is no, no more anyway, but like all of those, the, the, I, that thing was just, I don't know. Um, it has to be che- uh, chewed up. Like, I, I don't know. So, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, man, that was weird. Well, maybe so all of it can't be pooped out at once. I, I thought that maybe it was some kind of radioactive isotope. Like, you know, when you have to... You know, when you go in for surgery or something, they've got to do like an MRI and they inject you with um, something slightly radioactive so it can be detected on an MRI. Like this has got to be something like that, that it pops up on a long range scan because it's so rare or something like that. You know, you may be on something with that, Brad, because you think about it after she take this spoilers for the end. But after she took that shot, you know, he fell off the scanner. You know, and that could have, you know, yeah. she may have known what, what it was or maybe have done a test or something. Well, O told her that it was so that they, they could track her. And that's another reason why I think O is Zatvash, because we know that, that uh, Narek and his sister are Zatvash. Now, they, I'm not discounting the fact that it could be a Section 31 Zatvash, like, alliance of some sort. I just, I don't know. I don't. We're, they've based already on talked Nare- to each other. Huh? They've already talked together. Oh, and the Zatvash. I can't remember her name. Right. Right. And that's where I think that they're both Zatvash or gotcha. potentially Tal Shiar and Zatvash. But well, I, sec- the second episode, Narek and his sister are talking and they said, you know, like like they didn't completely trust her, but they needed her like they were going to cut ties, you know. That's what kind of made me think they weren't the same organization. Remember that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be, that one's going to come down to the wire. Like they're going to keep teasing that one for a while. We may not even find out this season. I think it's a coalition between section 31, the Federation secret, and then the Tashiar. Well, I, I want it to be something with section 31, but this doesn't feel uh, like, like something section 31 would get into. And even so, like I don't, I, I think with the, you know, I'm, and I'm kind of zooming out from Picard here, like we've already got a deep presence of Section 31 and Discovery. You know, they've they've been teasing the 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 Section 31 show. I think it would be a little like over the top for them to also base Picard around Section 31. So and, and I know that 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 uh, Patrick Stewart wanted something completely different and. So I, I don't know. I mean, all those things put together says it's not. I mean, I, I kind of part of me hopes it is, but we'll, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. That's my still my guess. So next up, we get the, uh, the very intense scene of them on the ship trying to get out of the board cubes tractor beam. Uh, one thing I noted in this that was interesting was when Rafi zooms into the code, she says something about there is some machine language. That's blocking her access, and when she zooms into it, it uh, it looks like a bunch of circles together that looked exactly like Dodge and Soji's necklace. You guys think that had any meaning? 
I mean, obviously, I had a meeting. What? Where are we gonna? Where are we gonna take that? Well, I don't know that it has to do with Dodge and Soji. I think it's board. I mean, it, it's board code that it didn't mean anything other than me. Then they were code that looked like. I don't know. I kind of see where you're going with it, though, Eric. I do. You think that possibly some technology of the Borg was used in the development of Soji and Dodge? We've talked about that in previous episodes, and I'm so this is another one where we're kind of on opposite sides of the fence here. I don't believe so, but I know that that you guys do. It seems it seems to fit very well with the story. I think it's I think it fits too conveniently with the story. That's one of I mean, that's why I don't necessarily think it's the case. I think that that's the easy path. And I think there's something else going on. So next up, we get Q getting threatened by Narissa. And uh, man, she is brutal, showing her dark side, killing his friends, trying to get the answers out of her or out of Hugh. But uh, he's holding tight up until Elnor comes and we get a pretty good fight scene, in my opinion. So Rissa ends up using the uh, teleporter to get out, but not before she finishes off poor Hugh. What'd you guys think? I didn't really see it coming. Did you guys see it coming? No. So as Will pointed out, at the end, Hugh gave um, Elnor the calling card. And so if you watch the preview for the next episode, we see none other than 709 coming, and it's her calling card. So Hugh had one as well. We know she gave one to Picard, uh, which I think is kind of cool. So. I can't wait for next episode to see if that plays out, but let's continue on with this one. Uh, what'd you guys think about the fight scene? Really nothing new, I guess. I mean, Elnor's still a, a, a badass. It's really dark. So it's hard to really see too much of what the action. It wasn't as clear as when Elnor was fighting on that one Romulan planet, but it was still, still good. I mean, you could tell there was a lot of like sword play and action and stuff. Um, the actual like fight fight itself. It looked like both of them had, some skill, but you know, Elnor wasn't getting in this. So he has butt whipped. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Um, I, I think that I'm really surprised that, that Hugh is, is already uh, out of the, the series or out of play. That just, that, that kind of blew my mind when it happened. Uh, I, I know that he wasn't signed on for very many episodes, but I, I sort of saw him uh, in the future in some sort. So that's really kind of a bummer. If you ask me, uh, I can't wait to see who the XB's, that that step up to take its place um, are, are going to be. I don't think it's going to be seven of nine, but she is going to serve a purpose here. I think it will be seven of nine. The reason I say that is because in the you know next week's preview or whatever, you see seven to nine on the board cube. No, what I mean is that I don't think she's going to take over his position as reclamation as uh, reclaiming old Borg for the long haul. I don't think they're going to work on reclaiming a Borg. I feel like they're going to try to use the Borg ship. Like yeah, that, that's a it's a both and. Like I I believe that too. But that's what I'm saying. The long term, big picture, some other XB is going to step up to take his position, and is going to continue his mission. But but not. I mean I mean the the next episode trailer like shows us that's not going to happen right away. I mean that that's evident. Right, I agree. All right, so we also get a very cool meeting where Picard and Soji warp onto a planet, and they are under aggressive bow and arrow targeting from none other than Riker and Deanna's daughter. What was her name, Will? Her name was uh, Kestra. 
And I found this name to be quite interesting because if I recollect correctly, that was the name of Deanna's sister that she never knew. Oh, dang. I didn't think about that. Is that really a thing? I'm pretty sure. I, I, if I'm going to have to uh, do a quick Google search on that one, but I am pretty sure because that was like a big deal in that episode. And, and of all the episodes that I really liked with Deanna in it, that was like one of them. Oh, it is. Oh, I just looked on Memory Alpha. It was. Man, I missed that. That's awesome. I had missed it too. Will had pulled that one out. Oh, good pull, Will. So I, I really I really liked all of this, the whole scenes with obviously Deanna and Riker and uh, their daughter. And we find out basically why they're there, what happened, that they had a son who died. Ah, man, it was just superb. Like the hugs, the greetings, the relationship that... Uh, the daughter had with Soji was fantastic in my opinion. And I just, I thought this, these scenes just stole this episode and really, really put it down. This is definitely my favorite episode so far. Um, there's so much to pull from these. The, I mean, Brad, you mentioned earlier how cool Riker was and how he handled everything with, with Riker cool, you know, like he didn't freak out. And Will, you had mentioned how, how awesome it was when he armed the house and put up like the defenses. And yeah, that was just awesome. And then you got Deanna there, like helping and reading uh, people and giving her advice. There's just so many cool things about, uh, and, and you know, this is multiple scenes that we're merging together here, but all of them just worked really well together. Um, I thought it was really cool how they implemented uh, or how they basically put the whole cyborg block or not cyborg, but synth block in is part of the reason why they lost their son. Cause they couldn't get the, uh, the healing ability or whatever it was that they had that they had that could repair this silicon based disease that he got. I just, right. They needed a positronic matrix to be able to formulate the antidote or this. Uh, I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah. Because we're seeing, I mean, this is the first time we've really seen it. We're seeing a side effect of what, what has happened. Like it's not just, you know, we're losing a workforce of androids. They're, we're also losing the ability to, you know, cure these diseases and do different things like that, which I thought was really cool. I was really, really, really hoping that we were going to get a little, a little bit from Riker saying that, you know, they had been hunting down a scientist to try to help them, you know, on the on the backside, under the radar or whatever, you know, to to try to save their son. And we may still get that, who knows? But I thought it would have been really cool if they had actually interacted with Maddox in some way or form, you know. But it didn't really sound like that we were going to get that. But all right, let's break this down. So I really liked when Deanna uh, first got with, you know, first uh, went up to Picard and gave him a great big hug and immediately went into, you know, you're not OK. What's what's wrong? And and just kind of I really felt like it was Deanna. You know, I as much as I didn't like her in Next Generation, it was really cool to see her back in that mind reading role. And she played it well. She it's not like she didn't she didn't skip a beat on returning to her character. Marina Sirtis, she just did a bang up job, jumping right back into her role. And I thought she did a fantastic job. And you know, when she talks about how she can kind of tell that there's something wrong with Picard, I think, you know, I think it's going back to that disease that he has and and you know, making sure that he's doing okay and can tell that he's not, you know. He, He's not long for this world. You can already tell. I mean, he's just, uh, it's, it was just so heartfelt. It was heart wrenching right there. I agree. Her acting was superb. 
And I like the emotion she showed when she was, like you said, when she was reading Picard and she figured out that something was wrong. It was great. Do we think the daughter has any empath ability? Didn't they definitely didn't show it? She would be one quarter Beta Z. So she's probably like lightly empathic, but I doubt she's full fledged. Well, she's, you know, even Deanna wasn't full fledged. So she's, she's probably got something, but she probably doesn't manifest it all that well. And we can tell that she already picks up on languages really easily and, and, um, you know, everything that her brother Thaddeus has had to, uh, as far as like the ability to create languages and things like that. So she's definitely heightened. Did you guys find it? I found that I, I was kind of missing the idea how Deanna and her mom would always communicate telepathically. I, I, you know, we didn't see that at all with Kestra and Deanna in this. I, I was honestly kind of surprised at that. Um, yeah, that's kind of, it was a little surprising to me too. I thought she would have shown something. I mean, I know she's only a fourth now or whatever. I don't know. Um, and, and maybe that comes with age. I'm not sure if they've talked about that more. I, I don't even know if they aged her. Did they say how old she was? No, but they, they could have been doing this all out of respect for Riker too, because even uh, Deanna didn't like to, to communicate that way. She preferred to use voices around people who didn't have the ability or who were empath. It's true. Right. But you know how as a teenager and I can, I kind of, when you say about the age, that's what I kind of gauge because that's what Riker said was dealing with teenagers. And I think that's how he kind of put that together. Maybe not. Maybe that was Thad's age when he passed. I don't know. But you know, it, when talking under her breath, as far as like when she was getting ready to leave, when her mom told her, when Deanna told her to go take the tomatoes to your father. And then she said something in one of the languages or whatever. And I figured that would have been the time that she said something under her breath or, you know, through telecommunicate or telekinesis or whatever it is, telekinetic, whatever it's called. Something else that I thought was fantastic with, with having Riker and Deanna when uh, Picard is, is first talking to Riker and, he, you know, Riker's discovering that there's, there's a problem and he's on the run or whatever. And he's like, shields up, you know, set this scanner and blah, blah, blah. And all this other jargon. I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. You know, it just felt so cool. It felt like I was back on the enterprise. Well, I, I mean, on my notes, when I wrote this down, I, I wrote down just the saying how he kind of tooted his own that he told Picard that if he was going to go help the Romulans, he was going to be. So you want to be ass deep in Romulans for your, the rest of your life. So I don't know. It just seemed like a very Riker. That was hilarious. And right. I agree. I just been picking up on that relationship right where they left off. I really appreciated that. Yeah. And the fact that they were, they were all more buddy, buddy now. But I mean, that also comes with old age. I mean, imagine like you, you see your boss that you worked with 15 years ago. I mean, you know, but you still got along, you still committed, you still talked every once in a while. I mean, you know, you just form more of a different type of relationship after the fact, after the, the job is done, if you will. And I, I like that, that that's more the natural evolution of the relationship. And I think it felt, it felt normal. It felt right. You know, like real life, as opposed to the, the captain and the commander. And I liked also how we get Picard like almost being a father figure and, sh and just showing how bad he is at it. You know, you can tell he's never had kids and we, you get Riker and Deanna kind of trying to almost coach him, you know? And I think Riker even says something along the lines of this is like a teenage girl. And Deanna says that 
you know, what she needs is Jean-Luc Picard and not Captain Brown. You know, because those are two very different personalities. Right. Okay, so what I was going to say was that, uh, kind of flipping it around a little bit and looking at this from Soji's perspective, I, I, I think I appreciated the more I thought about it that she is casting doubt on everything everyone's telling her, including Deanna when Deanna was being empathetic with her and trying to be nice and and whatnot. And Soji was like, I trust you less by doing this because everything right now is, is seems to me is fabricated. And, you know, thinking about that through, through Soji's eyes, like she has got to be one heck of a mess right now. And for her to, to even begin to trust anybody right now would be difficult. So I just appreciate the way that they, they kind of stepped through that whole mindset and process um, as she did finally, eventually start to trust uh, Picard and, and Riker. Even at like the dinner table, Kestra kept asking, "Like, do you do you believe him?" That was a very teenagerish thing that that <laughs> teenager would say. Also, texting under the table to this uh, <laughs> right this, this captain, which I think we're going to see more of, right? Well, I hope so. If he just ends up as a a blatant like a a, a hidden text message to some teenager, that's going to be weird. Who's older than Picard? So this is going to be interesting, and. Neither nobody else seemed to know who he was. Did you kind of notice that? Like Will and Deanna kind of just thought, oh, it's the old old kook, you know, he's got no merit. It it very much felt like to me a Lars Owen saying, Old Ben, no one's heard from him in a long time. You know what I mean? Like this felt very Star Warsy. Yeah, I kinda I see that now. I also forgot to mention Soji's head tilt to give some respect to Data's head tilt. And then when Riker pulled it out, I was like, Oh, that's awesome. A hundred percent thought when she did that head tilt, that head tilt, I was like, that's, that's data. I mean, that's exactly what data would do down to a T and she nailed that performance in that regard. She definitely did. Right. But you know who I think the captain is that she messaged Harry mud. Oh my God. That would be awesome. <laughs> he's, he's dead by now though. Right. Well, I know. That, I'm that sure. Awesome, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. Let's look that up on uh Memory Alpha. I mean, they've they've done a pretty good job at tracking that kind of thing. Maybe he's still alive. You know, I guess you don't really know how old he would be, right? But he also did uh, replicas and. Well, it's it's somebody who's been around a long time because he knew what that planet was just from a quick description. What I found I found interesting. So, man, yeah, you you know, we're definitely going to meet this guy, I think. And and I didn't think the ship was going to make it back. I thought they were going to get lost or something. And I thought this captain was going to pilot them there, basically. So I was kind of surprised when they got the ship back. So was that the same captain that, or the the same guy that she got that the thing, uh, that information from? Was it the same one that gave her the compass? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so she gave Soji the compass, mm-hmm. right? So I think obviously that compass is going to come into play with that captain at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean it's got to, right? Because obviously, why would she give her the compass, right? Just as a don't forget, it's just a trinket or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm telling you, I don't think it's going to be a, just a trinket. I think it's going to be some sort of relationship builder between the that captain and Soji or something to that effect. Now, I'm just speculating here, but that's just my speculation. The other thing is, what was the name of the captain that she's talking about? Does anybody, did anybody remember or write that down? I didn't write it down. I wish I would have. Well, the reason I asked that is as far as speculation of who that would be. Well, I mean, 
you guys speculated a second ago it'd be Harry Mudd. Well, no, I'm just saying it, but I, I was just joking around. I mean, I think it'd be awesome if it's a Harry Mudd, but I'm just saying, like, could it be somebody that we already know? It could be. But I didn't catch the name, and I didn't know if you guys knew. I'm looking for it right now. Captain Crandall and his ship, the Inside Strait. Captain Rupert Crandall. And I, yeah, there's, it, it doesn't, a, ma- a male who lived in the late 24th, there's at least not a whole lot of speculation even on on uh, at least this fan side. I haven't really done a deep dive on it yet, but. Yeah, there's nothing on Memory Alpha yet. I mean, it, it very well could be. Um, I So I'm going to stop short of trying to, to find meaning in everything and just think that this is going to be some captain that, that, you know, I think I said it a couple episodes, the Federation is big. And so this, this could have been, you know, anybody really. Uh, I mean, it would be, it would be total fan service if this was somebody we knew already. Yeah, I just think it would be cool as if it, you know, just happened to be somebody's relation. So the next scene we have is where we have Dr. Girardi and Rafi on the ship together, and she's kind of trying to take care of her. And she's uh, trying to make her feel better, and she feeds her some red velvet cake. And to me, this obviously seemed like this is how they were telling if she was had a tracker inside of her, right? Everybody, same conclusion there? Yeah. I liked how we got Rios kind of playing. Uh, we, we got Rafi and Rios playing good cop, bad cop, trying to get her to admit, you know, what was going on. So then we get Agnes eating or uh, synthesizing some poison that she takes. Do we think this is a suicide attempt or do we think she's smart enough to try to that she's trying to get the tracker out of her? I think she's smart enough that this is some kind of neutralization. Yep, 100 percent. So the, the doctor obviously stabilizes her and saves her. It's such a small ship. I find it really weird that the people on the bridge didn't know what was going on, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Does the ship not seem small to you guys? Yeah, I mean, it seems small, but I mean, you got to realize they were up there dealing with trying to track somebody and they're, they're not focusing on her stomach pains. You know what I mean? So they're focused on trying to track this thing down. And I mean, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I'm in here doing something on my computer, getting some sort of board game podcast together and something's going on in the living room. And I have, I'm oblivious to what's happening in there. Yeah, and I don't know that I've got a, a real feel for the size of the ship anyway. From the outside looking in, it does look uh, really uh, small. Like when they, they show from the outside, you can see inside the, the the window into when they're sitting there. It seems small, but then when you're inside, the scope feels a lot bigger. So I don't know that I really know that yet. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. Obviously, Narek loses them because of... Uh... Dr. Agnes's poisoning or self-sacrifice, whatever she did. So we get them arriving, and Picard's able to communicate to them, and then the whole episode ends with them basically teleporting off the planet back to the ship. And then we get the preview for next week. We see uh, Elnor must have activated the beacon, and Seven's back on, and she says, what is going on in this cube? And a couple action scenes after that, and that's really about it. I'm still thinking that... They're going to activate the Borgs, the XVs, and somehow take control of the cube. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you there. I think that the cube's going to get reactivated and it's going to put in a world of hurt. The only thing I hope that doesn't happen, and I really hope they don't go there, is that somehow or another it reaches back out to the collective. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they've they're going to be the X Borg or be the ones that retake control of it and kick the Romulans out. Because it's their ship, and I don't think you're going to reach back out to the collective. 
I, I don't think the ex Borg are Borg anymore to want to be able to do that. Yeah, I think they're in t- full control too, so I don't think we'll see that either. All right, so what do you guys think? Uh, favorite episode so far? I'm not ready to say that quite yet. I think I'm. I like where this is going. I'm definitely digging the pace a lot more now, and uh, I'm going to wait until the end of the season to call what what my favorite episode was. So this is a really good episode that I enjoyed quite a bit. The whole time I'm watching it, I was anxious. I was I was dreading when you know the Romulids would find out where they are and come in and attack the you know the the base. But I was also excited to see Riker and Deanna back in some action. And but then I was like, oh no, they've got this kid now. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that kid to die. Just like you know, Picard's worried about that and apprehensive about that too. So the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh man, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. But then when they leave at the end, I was like, oh, thank God. But doesn't mean they they won't be in next week's episode, as in they were still being trailed and whatever. But man, I liked it a lot. I liked how we progressed the story, continuing to progress the story. It's answering questions each episode, and the show's just getting better and better. And you know, I've heard a lot of comments, um, some comments on our our YouTube, and then also on our live our, our podcast and stuff about people not liking this Picard and Discovery because it's not Star Trek. Man, Star Trek is it is what it is, and it's the era that it's in. So, this is what era we're in now. This is what the show is, and it is good. If you're not watching it because of that, and you're missing out, yeah, I <clears throat> I can echo everything you just said. If you're skipping this this show because you're a Star Trek purist, then you're right. It's the Star Trek of, of, of the current generation. I think it's awesome. This was my favorite episode so far. I can't wait to see more. And don't forget, Riker also mentioned he was still in the reserve. Oh, I forgot about that. So I think we, uh, I think he's, I think he's leaving the door open there. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to get a Riker show next. I don't think a Riker show, (laughs) but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, in a uniform flying a ship for one last mission or something. Wouldn't it be awesome at the end of season two or season one or whatever we see him with his admiral uniform on flying the Enterprise in? Mm, epic. <laughs> anyway. All right. Great way to end it. Thanks, everybody, for checking out our podcast or on the YouTube video, however you're checking out our content. You can find all the rest of it on our website, maturemindedgamers.com. Thanks for listening.